0: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 41 of the Grow Your Own Food Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be talking about growing up. Not like becoming an adult, but growing your plants vertically in your garden. Which ones it's a good idea to try to grow vertically, and then how to choose the trellis for various plants. So, going to be talking about that in today's episode. But first a word from our sponsor. So this might not seem like the most intuitive podcast episode topic, but a lot of what I write about and what I podcast about comes from my own experience as a new gardener and I think that there's just a lot of confusion and it's hard sometimes to find answers when you're a new gardener to what feels like should be really easy questions or really easy problems to solve. And vertical gardening was was something that just never occurred to me as a new gardener so things like butternut squash green beans it's just like it it just didn't even occur to me that like there things didn't have to be trailing along the ground and bothering each other and getting all tangled up kind of like I think I I talked about it on my blog it's like a three-year-old and a five-year-old in the back seat of a car telling them not to touch each other but Growing vertically can be really advantageous in several different ways. So we're gonna be talking about that today, but first I wanna kind of go over the different types of climbing plants because they can be kind of classified into two main groups and just understanding those groups can be really beneficial when helping you choose the right trellis for these plants that you wanna grow vertically. So climbing plants can be classified into two groups generally. They can be classified into fruiting vines, which would include things like sweet peas or sugar snap peas, pole beans, winter squash, any kind of melon, and cucumber. And then you have fruiting stems, which would be tomatoes, bell peppers, eggplants, and summer squash. The big difference I think between these two different types of plants is that fruiting vines climb via tendrils and if you have ever had trouble with like uh, something climbing something it shouldn't that's a fruiting vine, right? It has these little tendrils that kind of naturally reach out and they and they grab onto whatever is nearby and they use it to pull themselves up and grow taller. They often need trellises that are quite tall, quite large, and have kind of a smaller gauge grid, a finer mesh than fruiting stems need. Fruiting stems need trellises more for support when you're growing them vertically because their fruit is usually pretty heavy and it can weigh the stems down and sort of dragging everything into the dirt where it's more at risk for disease and infestation. A tomato plant is a really, really good example of this. So we don't really consider tomatoes a vine plant in general. They're, they're more of a fruiting stem, and those stems get weighed down by all those dozens of tomato fruit. And then before you know it, that tomato plant has kind of toppled over, and all the tomatoes are, are getting mucky and gross. So important thing there, just to help you understand the overall goal. So fruiting vines need climbing apparatus. Fruiting stems need support for heavy fruit. So moving from there, I want to talk about benefits of growing vertically. So number one, we have space saving. Um, If you have a small garden or you garden with containers, you know that space comes at a premium. You can't really expand out a whole lot. But the nice thing about vertical gardening is that actually you can. You can go up. You might not be able to go out, but you can go up. Um, So vertical gardening is really great for that reason, especially for folks who have a small garden and they're wanting to grow things like winter squash or summer squash, plants that kind of ramble all over the place and they get sort of out of control and they take up a lot of room if you're letting them grow out horizontally growing those plants vertically is is really beneficial and allows you to kind of cram more plants or more varieties into your garden because you're saving all that space another benefit though to growing vertically is that it helps keep the plant healthier in a couple different ways so the first way that it helps you keep your plants healthier is it's much easier to spot pests especially for things like winter squash and summer squash. These plants, especially where I live, are prone to squash bug infestations. I am determined to win the battle of the squash bugs this year, my friends. And it just so happens that they like to hide under leaves. They like to stay kind of close to the ground. And if you're growing your squash vines up, um, it's a lot easier to kind of get in there and see where they're hiding. You know if those leaves are all really close to the ground, it, they can blend in a lot better with their surroundings. So growing your plants vertically helps you helps you see them. Also for things like squash vine borers who like to lay their eggs, on the vines in ones and twos, they kind of look like these little burnt orange pinheads that the squash vine borer moth lays its eggs. It's also easier, you know, to spot eggs that way and kind of patrol your plants a little bit. The next way it helps keep your plants healthier is that it keeps the fruit and the the stems and the leaves off the ground so especially if you're not using mulch the soil has a lot of bacteria and a lot of it is good bacteria right it encourages organic matter to break down and breaking down organic matter is what allows your roots to kind of take up the nutrients from it but not all bacteria in the soil is good bacteria and so sometimes when like tomatoes or um, squash or cantaloupe When they're in contact with the ground too much, they pick up that soil-borne bacteria and they can kind of get diseases that kind of spread through the rest of the plant. Another thing that can happen is, especially for things like melons, like cantaloupes and watermelons, if they sit on the ground for too long and the rinds kind of stay moist for too long they can kind of start to rot and you end up having to do little tricks like placing paper plates or something like that underneath the melons just to keep them from from rotting but if you grow them vertically You don't have to worry about that because they're getting plenty of air circulation. And believe it or not, yes, you can actually grow those heavy fruiting crops like winter squash vertically. If you've ever tried to break off, um, which I don't advise breaking off, I always advise um, clipping off winter squash vines when you go to harvest the fruit, as I mentioned in a previous episode, you know that those stems are really strong. So trust me when I say that they can definitely hold up to being grown vertically. And then when it comes to melons, melons are really easy to tell when they're nearly ready. They start being fragrant. The vine kind of starts to wilt and brown, and you can kind of catch it before it it falls off. Ideally, you know, if it does fall off, it's not just going to splatter and break all over the ground. If you're worried about that, you can do things like, I have taken pantyhose and made a sling for my cantaloupes before in the garden. It looks really weird, but it works really, really well. And you know, that nylon it dries out really quickly, and so you're not having to worry about rot. So, yes, you can grow those things vertically. So, we have the benefits of growing vertically out of the way. Safe space helps keep your plants healthier in a couple different ways. So I want to talk about the types of trellises because there are a lot of different kinds and it can be hard to know which ones and there's nothing worse in my opinion because I can be kind of thrifty sometimes. We didn't grow up with a ton of money growing up and so I'm really, really annoyed when I spend my money on something and it's not what I wanted and it doesn't work out the way I planned. I mean, I don't think anybody really likes that, but I get like irrationally angry (laughs) when that happens. So um, I want to talk about the different types of trellises, what they're good for, what they work for, so that you can kind of make an informed decision when you're trying to figure out what to get for your particular plants. So the first thing that I want to talk about is staked wire. And what I mean by that is usually this type of trellis is, is handmade and it's done by setting out kind of two or more steel posts and stringing either chicken wire or what's called hardware cloth between them. And a setup like this is gonna be best for fruiting vines that don't need a ton of support. So things like string beans or sugar snap peas, those are going to be really, really good for for this type of trellis. Any sort of dried bean, like black beans or kidney beans, also work really well with, with staked wire like chicken wire or hardware cloth. I will say, especially for something like sweet peas, sugar snap peas... I wouldn't go with like a gauge of wire, you know, the, the size of the grid. I would say a finer mesh grid is better for those because there's only so much growing that they can do. So I wouldn't go out and get like a six by six grid panel, wire panel for them. I would advise like chicken wire or hardware cloth, something where those spaces are a little bit closer together, just so that there's plenty of climbing opportunities for those vines. The next type of trellis would be a flat trellis, which I think the easiest example of this would be a lattice trellis, you know, where you have like the crisscrosses of wood and it doesn't always have to be made of wood. It can be made out of steel and it's very, very sturdy, but it's incredibly vertical. And because it's very vertical, it, it doesn't take up very much space in the garden bed. And so that's really great. This kind of trellis can be super useful when you're growing vines with heavy fruit. So things like melons, whether it's watermelons or cantaloupe, things like cucumber. So cucumber is another type of fruiting vine that I don't think I mentioned earlier. Um, and depending on the size of cucumbers you're growing, the cultivar that you're growing, those cucumbers can can get pretty massive and, and it can be kind of heavy fruit. So flat otherwise known as lattice trellises they can be really good for those The next type of trellis would be an A-frame trellis, and typically an A-frame trellis is done by creating climbing panels, by screwing together four pieces of lumber and kind of making a frame, a rectangle, and then stretching and stapling chicken wire or hardware cloth across it. So it's a lot like the staked wire trellis that I talked about. It just, it's gonna take up more room in the garden. So usually what's done is you make two of these panels and you tent them up against one another to make like a triangle shape or like I said an A-frame shape um, and wire them together at the top and then kind of secure the bottoms to the soil with garden staples. And then what you do is you transplant or you sow seed along the outside at the bottom edge of each side. Like I said it takes up space but you know, you you can actually grow things underneath it, things that like a little bit of shade, things like lettuce and spinach. You can actually grow those things underneath that A-frame and it doesn't have to be wasted space that's under there. Really similar to the A-frame trellis is the teepee trellis. It's just instead of creating those panels, you're just taking several poles. I like to use bamboo poles And kind of binding them together at the top with wire or twine to create like a tent shape. And usually, you know, you want to plant one to two vines at the bottom of each pole. And your teepee is going to be made up of however many vines you plan to grow. This kind of trellis, it takes up less space than an A-frame, but it's more space than a staked wire trellis or a flat trellis. And again, the nice thing about a TP trellis is that same thing as the A-frame trellis, you can use the space inside of it to grow cool weather crops that need shade in the afternoon like lettuce. I will say that a TP trellis does not typically work well or it hasn't worked well for me for peas. I think it's more for pole beans, for dry beans like black beans, things that don't necessarily rely on tendrils and just have more of kind of like a spiraling, curling, growing vine habit. When it comes to summer squash, I actually use tomato cages for growing my summer squash vertically. It works really well because typically what you have in a summer squash plant is, I would say, just one giant, really thick, long stem off of which multiple smaller stems and the fruit blossom off of. And it's really easy to grow that big old honkin', you know, summer squash stem up through the tomato cage and then just kind of tent it or umbrella it over you know, the top of the tomato cage. It also makes it really easy access to kind of see summer squash and reach in and pick them before they get to a monstrous size. Um, anybody who's grown squash before knows that squash um, and cucumbers they like to hide, and they can reach just massive proportions <laughs> if you aren't really good about looking under every single leaf. With vertical growing, summer squash and cucumbers makes them a lot easier to find. For tomatoes, I actually have stopped using tomato cages for my tomatoes. I just the plants just get too big. If you're growing a determinate tomato, so a determinate tomato reaches an established size and then it stops growing. It reaches that height and it puts out its fruit and then it kind of winds up, you know, sometime around September, maybe early October, depending on what your climate is. An indeterminate tomato plant will keep growing taller and bigger and sending out longer and longer vines. I had an indeterminate cherry tomato plant last year that had like a 10 foot vine on it. So I just find that tomato cages just cannot do a good enough job containing those those tomato plants. What I use instead is a, and this is going to be kind of hard to explain, and I'm hoping to post pictures of it soon, is they sell this sort of steel mesh grid that typically construction workers put down before they pour concrete to give the concrete some support and structure. And I, I kind of tie them to steel stakes that i've pounded in really nice and deep into the ground so i end up with a really sturdy really tall kind of homemade staked wire trellis for my tomatoes i've just found that having multiple places to tie up tomato stems having a nice and tall trellis for my indeterminate tomato plants just works really really well um, it does get a little pricey, but because it's made out of steel, it can be used year after year. So it requires probably the most upfront cost. Unless you're buying like a really fancy decorative wooden lattice or steel lattice trellis, those two are probably going to be the most expensive. The others you can kind of make yourself out of some really Inexpensive materials, but I think that it's just really, really strong. And honestly, it doesn't cost that much more than the fancy square folding tomato cages that you can buy off of Gardener's Supply. In fact, if I did the math, it would probably end up being a little bit cheaper, depending on how many of those square folding cages you'd want to buy. So, all that to say, different plants need different types of trellises. Don't underestimate the weight of of the fruit, the weight of the plant. I tried one time to grow cucumbers on pieces of bamboo poles that I had kind of lashed together with twine because I was just determined to use what I had and it didn't go so well. Um, it, It just was not nearly sturdy enough and I ended up having to go out and buy something anyway. So make sure that the kind of trellis that you're using is appropriate for the kind of fruit, the kind of climbing plant that you're planning to grow. If you need to see pictures, if you need to review all this information, I've gone ahead and linked to the sister post for this podcast episode in the show notes, just because I, I think that it's really important. A lot of these, you know, when I try to describe certain things on the podcast, I worry that it's going to be like, what the heck is she talking about? Um, so sometimes seeing those pictures can be really, really helpful in helping you understand what I'm talking about. But I hope you give growing vertically a try this year. I think that honestly, I wouldn't go back. There are certain things that I will never grow horizontally ever again, ever since I started growing them vertically. And it's, it's a real game changer in my opinion. So if you haven't tried it yet, give it a try just make sure that you take a little time to think out what would be the best trellis for the plants you're trying to grow vertically and then shop accordingly so that's it for today in the next episode i'm going to be talking about how to grow sweet potato slips so i feel like some people are really divided about whether or not they like sweet potatoes I know a whole bunch of people who absolutely love them, and then I know a few people who absolutely hate them, and they want nothing to do with them. I love sweet potatoes, and so when I learned that not only could I grow my own sweet potatoes, but I could grow my own sweet potato slips, which are the baby plants that sweet potatoes eventually grow from, I was thrilled. So I'm going to be going over how to do that in the next episode and some tricks for making it a little bit easier. Until then, I hope everything is growing absolutely great. Again, if you're not following me on instagram you can find me there at b and basil you can also find me on facebook where you can get access to the blog posts that i post every week Um, it's usually different from what i talk about on the podcast every week actually so just a lot of different ways for you to learn more know more apply more in your garden that's it for today thank you so very much for listening and i'll see you guys in the next episode thanks for listening to the grow your own food podcast visit be for helpful how-to articles images and recipes